Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, you don't have to turn there, verse 4, it says, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. We need hope, amen? This world needs hope. And the Bible says here in the New Testament that everything in the past was written to teach us. And so all the stories that are in the Old Testament, there, there's ministries and there's Christians who disregard the Old Testament. They feel all they need is the New Covenant, the New Testament. But we need the whole counsel of God's Word. Amen? From the beginning to the end, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. It is the Word of God. And so don't disregard the Old Testament. The Bible says that those stories that you read in your Old Testament, they were written so that we can learn some things. There's, there's stories in the Old Testament that will teach you what to do. And then there's stories in the Old Testament that will teach you, don't do that. That's bad. Right? And so they're written to teach us, the Bible says. And so today, I don't know what to call this sermon. We don't need, the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt have a sermon title for your preach. Like, it doesn't say that there. So this morning, I want you, as I speak this word this morning, make your own title. If you receive something this morning, Put your own title to it, okay? Can you do that for me? So I just simply called it Lessons from the Life of Solomon. That sounds pretty good, but it's kind of lame too. So put a cool title to whatever you receive because there's a lot of different lessons that we can learn from this Old Testament man, Solomon. And so we want to do that this morning. And so if you want to follow along, I have a lot of scripture. 1 Kings chapter 2, we'll start there. 1 Kings chapter 2. We'll start at verse 1. We're just going to read a few verses here. 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. This is when King David is old and he's ready to die. It says, When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God walking in his ways and keeping his statutes and his commandments, his rules and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. This is a picture of a father. Picture Father David speaking to his younger son. He's about to die. What should I say to my son before I die? And he tells his son, walk in the ways of of God. If you walk the way that God wants you to walk, then you will prosper in whatever you do and wherever you turn. That's some good final words to to say to your son before you pass away. Amen? Walk in the ways of God. These are the father's instructions to his son. The truth is, is that The majority of people in this world and in the church, they want it their way. There's been times in my life where Matt Noel just wants it his way. 
But when we do things our way, it always leads to letdown and failure and sorrow and discouragement. God has a way that He wants you to live your life. And if you're confused right now, you can cry out to Jesus and say, show me how you want me to live my life, and He will show you. You can open up the Bible and you can be instructed of how God Almighty wants you, individual you, how He wants you to live your life. Walking in His ways. Solomon was given advice from his father. And truth is, when advice is given, when lessons are taught, when biblical truth is presented at the workplace or spoken in your home or preached like I am now in the church, it now becomes each person's decision. It's your choice of what you want to do with the advice you're given. Amen? You can get all the advice in the world. You can read all the books in the world. You can listen to all the sermons in the world. But it comes down to you making a choice that I want to do things God's way. Because the preacher can't force you to make certain choices. The preacher can just instruct you with God's Word and give you advice. A father and a mother, my son, he's 13 now. As he gets older, there's going to come a time where he's going to have to make his own decisions. And I can't force him. Right now, I can force him. Yeah, that's right. It's too bad he's not here to listen to me. He knows. But we instruct them. And then we trust that they're going to make the wise decisions. But every single person in this world has the choice whether to walk in their own ways, according to their feelings, according to their flesh, which will certainly lead and end up in destruction, or to walk in God's ways, which won't always be easy. In fact, there's going to be some very difficult times walking God's way, but that way leads to life eternal. And joy and peace while you're here on earth. Man, this world is a mess. How we want joy and peace. When you walk in God's ways, you have peace. You can lay your head on your pillow at night and just be like, yeah. Right? That's better than a million dollars. How many millionaires have no peace at night? Peace is good. And when you walk in God's way, it leads to life and joy and peace. Proverbs, oh, sorry, I had him, never mind, forget that. Don't forget everything I said, just that last sentence. (laughs) So David dies, and Solomon was given the advice from his father to walk in the ways of God. And now Solomon is the new king of Israel. David was the king. Now Solomon's the king. He's been given the advice, and now he's in the authority, position of authority that his father had. He is now the king. And we find in 1 Kings chapter 3 that God comes and talks with Solomon in a dream. And 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 5, says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give you. What an awesome question that God can ask you and me. Matthew, ask, and I'll give it to you. Ask what I can give to you. Man, a red Corvette would be wonderful, right? I wonder what the answers would be in this church, if we're honest. If God literally said, ask me one thing, it's yours. 
ask what I can give to you is what he asks Solomon in this dream. And Solomon said, you've shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you've kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you've made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I'm but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. In other words, I don't have a clue what I'm doing here, God. David the king is dead. Now I'm the king. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you been there before? I don't know what I'm doing here. Verse 8, And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you've chosen, and great people, too many to be numbered or, or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I might discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? And it pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this, And God said to him, because you've asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you've not asked for, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all of your days. And listen to God now. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Solomon says, I need understanding, Lord, to know how to do the job you've given to me. I'm just a boy. I don't know what I'm doing. I need a discerning mind to discern what's right and wrong. I need understanding, God, to know what to do with this position you've given to me. And so God grants him understanding and wisdom, and he blesses him also with riches and honor. And notice that God reminds Solomon of the same instructions that David, his father, gave to him. Did you notice that? David told him, if you walk in the ways of God, things will go well for you. And now God directly in his dream speaks the very same thing to him. Solomon, walk in my ways. You want wisdom? Walk in my ways. You don't know what to do? Walk in my ways, not in your own. Don't try to figure it out. If you're confused in your life right now, if you're discouraged and depressed and down and out, don't try to figure it out. You're just going to get deeper and deeper in that depression, in that discouragement. This world has nothing for you. They'll lie to you. The world system will lie to you. They'll say, sign here and, and do this and watch this and eat this and you'll get rich and big and strong and healthy and all that junk. Right? Rubbish, I was going to say. Can you say rubbish in church? There, I said it. But if you walk in God's ways, and so the Lord, the Lord reaffirms exactly, so the wisdom that David gave is now reaffirmed by God Almighty. Two times he heard, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to walk in the ways of God. Amen? Keeping my statutes, commandments, as your father David walked, and then I'll lengthen your days. Now, we the church, we know that we're not saved by keeping the law, right? Because not one of us can keep the law. We know that we're not saved. We are saved how? By faith and grace alone. 
That's the only way that you can become a Christian to receive eternal life. Right? So we know that we're not saved by keeping the law, but God still commands us to live our lives His way, according to the Scriptures. Amen? The Ten Commandments, they still apply today. Lying's bad. Stealing's bad. Adultery's bad. All these things are bad. Well, it's the law. Well, that, that law still applies today. There's hundreds of laws that we don't have to worry about today, but the law, the Ten Commandments, we, that still applies for Christians today. Right? But we know we're not saved by keeping them simply because we can't. I mean, Jesus even said in Luke 6.46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? So it's very important that Christians do life God's way. Jesus has lots to say about your life and my life in the Bible. And he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not doing things my way, what I've said to do? Amen? That's the words of Christ. And so the story of Solomon continues. Lessons from the life of Solomon continues. 1 Kings chapter 11. He's told what to do. God gives him wisdom. God gives him understanding. God will give him everything he needs to do, to be the king, to do what God's given him to do. And he's been told, walk in the ways of God. You need to focus here. Don't be led astray. Walk in God's ways. That's what he's told, right? And so we find here in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. That's a bad start to this chapter. King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidon, and Hittite women. He sure did love many of them. From the nations concerning, listen, which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them. God told them, you find passages in Deuteronomy and Exodus, you do not intermarry with these people. It was a command from God. You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you. For surely, listen, this is the reason why. When God says something, man, when I tell my son, son, don't do that. It's not just because I'm trying to be mean. There's a reason for it, right? Like, you're going to get hurt, or you're going to get let down, or you're going to get beat up. Don't say that at school. There's a reason for me to instruct you. God says, don't marry them. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. There's the reason why. If you marry that person who's an unbelieving person, God says they will turn away your heart, Solomon, after their gods. But Solomon clung to these in love. He's not doing it God's way. And there is a temptation for each one of us. But he's fine. Or look at her. Or look at that. Or the way I feel. I feel like this will be fine. I feel like this will work out. And, and, and we cling to these things that we know God has said it's not his way. We cling to them, right? You've been there before like me? No, 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 God, I, I think, I've, I think I've, I've got this one under control. I know this is not part of your plan for my life. I know this is my own way, but I'm pretty sure I can handle this. That there, oh, I can't handle her. But this one, yeah, I got her, right? 
and, and we cling to these things. This world will offer you and I things that will be so appealing. And they'll taste good and they'll smell good and they'll make you feel so fantastic for a moment. But it, it's just amazing the things that this world can offer. And the majority of the world is eating it all up. Eating everything the world has. They're just eating it up. And they become celebrities. And they get followers on Twitter and Facebook. And they're popular. And everything they say, they could go on Facebook and say, boo. And they'll have 3,000 likes and a million shares or whatever you call this thing. Why? Because they're famous. But the majority of the world is just walking in their own ways. And the Bible says, with the women that God said not to marry, Solomon clung to them in love and lust based on his flesh. God said no, and Solomon said yes. And he clung to that which he shouldn't have. Verse 3, he had 700 wives. Wow, I was right. Busy man. (laughs) 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart. Now, I have one wife. That's all I need. And that's all I desire and that's all I'll ever want. I love my wife. I want to give her all of my attention, not 699 others. Just think about that for a moment. 700 wives. They were considered his wife. And that was not... Listen, God allowed it to happen because he had them. But it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's plan for Solomon to have 700 wives. Like, honestly, think about that. Like, the, the impurity of that life. And, and, and how these women, they must have, like, when you really, th- these women must have just been like, well, he's King Solomon, I have to stay, but now, he, now he's with her, and now he's with her. And then on top of that, he had 300 concubines, which is basically at a lower, they weren't considered to be a wife, but just basically to fulfill sexual needs and desires. That's what they were. That's what they were. So he had a thousand women in his life. And the Bible says that he clung to these women. He was drawn. He was walking in his flesh. He was drawn to them. And just like that video series that the men are going to be watching there, pornography and things on the internet, there was a day before when you'd have to buy a magazine to look at naked pictures of people which is against God. It's not God's plan. It's not God's will. That's not, that's not why God made sex. God created sex for a man and a woman in marriage to enjoy and to procreate and to, to be blessed with. Amen? And it's okay. The church can talk about it God's way because it's God's plan and it's a blessing from the Lord. But, when, but nowadays, there's on your phone, pornography and pornography, these images can pop up even on an advertisement for a game. You could be playing Flappy Bird and then an, a, a commercial will pop up. And I know we laugh, but it happens. There's been apps I've deleted immediately because of inappropriate ads that are out of... So what do we do? 
We need to purpose in our hearts, men and women, that we want to walk in God's ways. The reason why that these types of perverted things are available is because it's the way of the world. It's their own way. To, to the world, there's nothing wrong with it. Why not? You can look, just don't touch. No, no, no. Jesus said if we look at a woman with lust, that we commit adultery in our hearts. So Jesus takes it to a whole other level. Amen? And in Jesus, there's freedom from all of these things. But we need to purpose that we want to do it God's way. And Solomon was not. He was clinging to a thousand women in lust and perversion is what he chose to do. Verse 4, when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord as God, as was the heart of David his father. Exactly what happened is exactly what God said would happen. Isn't it? He said, don't intermarry with these people. He commanded them not to because they will turn your heart away. He disobeyed and they turned his heart away from God. Think of that. His heart was towards God. And his choices and these women turned his heart away from God. Think of that. The power of sinful choices. The power of living in our own understanding and ways. How it can destroy and literally turn hearts away from God. It's a powerful truth. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. These are false gods that now he's going after. His heart has been turned from God, and now he's worshiping idols. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Verse 7, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Moloch, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. So he's now into idol worship. He's no longer worshiping God. His heart is now towards idol worship. Is that what it says? Moloch has been also spelled Milcom or Milkim, Malak, or Moloch. There's different spellings for the same God. He was a false God, um, and for worship of this God, they would burn their children in the fire as forms of sacrifice of worship to this God. Ashtoreth was known as the princess of heaven, and worship rituals to her involved temple prostitution. This was the type of worship that Solomon was now involved in. And not only involved in, we just read that he built up a, he built a church for it. Did you see that? He built up a, a, a temple or he built up a place for this worship to happen. When we see that and we understand that this story is for our, we can learn some things from this according to the New Testament, we, this needs to bring an alarm. I know it's not easy to listen to some of this. I know that. It's not easy to preach these things as well. I'd much rather tell you God loves you. He wants to make you rich. All that nice stuff. But we need to see these truths in the Word of God. Amen? And that how when we choose to walk in our own way according to our own fleshly desires like Solomon did, it can cause us, it's so powerful, it can cause our hearts to be turned away from God to false perverted worship of false gods. And you might say, no, 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 not me. Don't, please, don't ever go there. 
Amen? We need, to, we need to cling to Jesus. Not women and the things of this world. Not our own ways. We've got to stay close to Jesus. Amen? In humility. And say, Father, give me everything I need to walk in Your ways. Notice that these idol worship practices happen, it says, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. Now, this mountain is also known as, you will know it as the Mount of Olives. These idol worship practices happened on the Mount of Olives, where in 2 Samuel 15, David goes up to the the Mount of Olives and weeps when his son Absalom is killed. This is the Mount of Olives later in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4, where it's prophesied that the coming of the Lord will take place on the Mount of Olives. His feet will take place on the Mount of Olives. This is the same. This is like a righteous place. Amen? This is the Mount of Olives where in the New Testament, Jesus ascended to heaven and they said, why are you looking up? He's going to come the same way. This is the Mount of Olives. This is like a place of holiness where worship to God has happened and now it's turned to idol worship. And it can so easily, it can happen in, in a church, it can happen in a Christian's own life, it can happen in ministries, it can happen like that. If their hearts are more in tune with their own selves in this world, Satan can deceive them so much that their hearts are no longer towards God, but towards this world. And even though they show up to church and they even maybe preach a message, even though all of that, their hearts are not for God. And it's now become what was righteous. Now it's just a lie and it's fake and it's idol worship. When you read stories like this, it's mind-blowing. It really is. But this happened. And this can happen. Hearts can be turned away from God. They can be. So we need to choose. Each day, one day at a time. Don't be, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to feel like, I'm not strong enough. No, no, you're not strong enough. But Jesus is. He never once calls you to figure out how to walk in His ways your way. We look to Him. We look to the Word of God. We receive instruction from the preaching, from the wise counsel. We choose to walk in His ways. Amen? And it will bring life and joy and peace. In verse 9 it says, The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Solomon's heart was turned away from God by the things of this world. Listen. He was not just an ordinary man, although he was like you and I. He was, the Bible says, the wisest man to ever live. Doesn't it? Do we just read a lot of wise decisions that Solomon made? No. So what can we learn from that? It doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are this morning. It doesn't matter how well this guy can preach this morning. It doesn't matter how many verses we can memorize in the Bible. It doesn't matter how smart we think we are. It doesn't matter even the spiritual gifts that you've been given. These things don't mean that we're never going to be and we can never be in an opportunity where our hearts can be turned from living for God's ways to our own ways. Amen? 
if this can happen to the wisest man to ever live and to ever live, Solomon, it can happen to you and I. Right? And so we stay close to Jesus. One day at a time. And saying, Lord, please, today, I want to walk in your ways. Don't think about tomorrow. I say that a lot. You're probably thinking, he says that a lot. I mean it. I live by that. Don't think about tomorrow. Forget yesterday. If yesterday was a bad day and maybe you've had some struggles yesterday, today's a brand new day. Right? Like today's a, literally, today's a brand new day. And Jesus makes everything new. And so if we, if we came in here weighed down and burdened and carrying weights, you feel like junk, you feel like garbage, you feel far from God, you feel like God's disappointed in you, Lord, today, here I am. I want to walk in your ways, no longer my ways. And you have a fresh start. Just confess it to Jesus. Just open your heart up to Jesus. He already knows it. He just wants to hear it. Amen? So this can happen to the wisest man. It can happen to you and I. We're all susceptible to have our hearts turned away from the things of this world. First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And this world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Right? Okay, so now we're going to get to a good ending, okay? Everyone smile. Woo! Take, a, take a deep breath. <laughs> right? We all like good endings, right? Last night, me and my wife and my kids watched the brand new Benji movie. Every, who knows the Benji movies from the 70s? Yeah, brother. Benji the dog, he saves people who fall in wells. That's the other dog, too. What's his name? Lassie. Lassie and Benji. Good family films. Go watch them. Last night, there's a brand new one, 2018, Benji. We watched it, and at the end of the movie, Benji's wanting, trying to save the kids. I won't try to ruin it for you guys. All really wanting to watch Benji, I'm sure now, right? Right. At the end there, this guy, mean, this mean guy, he throws this dog, Benji, and he hits a wall, and he's knocked unconscious, and, and you cue the music, and the music comes in, and they zoom in on Benji, and he looks lifeless. And my kids are like, is he dead? Cindy's like, is he dead? And I gave her the Kleenex. Is he dead? And I said, I was confident. I said, no, he's not dead. There was not a doubt in my mind because you need to have a good ending. Right? Could you imagine if Benji died? That would be awful. It would bring a sequel, right? But, <laughs> but no, he lived. And I had no doubt in my mind that he would live because good endings are what we need. And so we're going to have a good ending to this sermon this morning, like Benji. The good ending in this lesson is that Solomon learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. He probably learned a bunch of lessons in the mess that he was in. But he learned some things. And he wrote these following truths in a book called Proverbs in your Bible. Solomon wrote these things. After all that he went through, after everything that we just saw him do, he learned some things and wrote some things inspired of the Lord. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Or out of it flows the issues of life. How important it is to guard your heart. This world will try to steal your heart. This world will try to lie to your heart, your emotions, your feelings. Solomon was not guarding his heart. His heart was turned. And now he's saying, listen, I've learned some things. Guard your heart above all else. And this again is just a daily, a daily thing. Every morning when you wake up, just say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me today to guard my heart. Right? And then, and then you go to work, and if people at work are talking gossip about someone, you say, Father God, help me. I don't want to enter into this gossip. Guard my heart. Right? Maybe you're tempted to watch a movie or something online that you know it's been a battle. In that moment, say, Jesus, right now, guard my heart. Right? Will he not help us? Guard your heart. It determines the course of your life. Proverbs 12 15 says, this is Solomon again speaking, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And he, learned, he had to learn that. He didn't, he didn't listen to advice right away. Right? He had to go through the mud and the miry clay. He had to go through that trouble. And now he's like, listen, a fool says it's right in his own eyes, but a wise man will listen to the advice he's given. A wise man... It, if you're wise, when you hear the Word of God preached by these faithful men and the faithful women in the women's ministry, when you hear the instruction and the advice from these, these, these godly people, humbly listen. Amen? Be wise and listen to their advice from God's Word. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 says, Be not wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And I want to close with some scriptures here from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. These are some more words that Solomon writes. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 1. Solomon comes and he comes to this place where he's learned some lessons and, he's, and it's almost like the scales are off of his eyes and he's like, what was I thinking? And he says, I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. I'm reading from the New Living Translation for this one. Let's, let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. It was empty. And so I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. See that? While I was seeking wisdom, I was, I was foolish. Is what he says. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any other of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire, is what he said. 
whatever I wanted, I had it. If money could buy it, I would get it. I had everything a man could desire. And so I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. And my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind, there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Those are the words of Solomon. A man who had everything a man could want. And he comes to the conclusion and the understanding that it was all empty. There was no life in that. There was no joy in that. I was worshiping idols. I turned from God. I was deceived. What was I thinking? I disobeyed my God. And I had everything. But I was empty. And this was empty. And then he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, if the worship band wants to come at this time, please, you can just play whatever you feel. He says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the end of the matter, all has been heard. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. He comes to this understanding of what really matters in life. He knew that his heart had turned away from God. He knew that he wasn't living God's will, God's way. He knew that he was doing his own thing. And even though he had all the material possessions that any man could want, he knew that he was not in God's will. He knew that his heart was not towards the Lord. His heart had strayed from God. And he says, when everything is said and done, listen, he says, when everything is said and done, your life, you're going to go to work. You're going to have families. You're going to struggle. You're going to have victories. That's all part of life, right? That's true. That's all part of this life. We're going to wake up tomorrow and go to work and, and the kids will go back to school and we'll get into our routines and we'll go through the, the times where we feel really good and happy and we'll go through the times where we feel sad and miserable and depressed. We're going to go through these times, right? Because that's being a human on earth. But, but this, the wisest man ever who went through hell and, and turned from God comes back and realizes and he says, listen, at the end of the day, in your life, all that matters is that you fear God and you obey His commandments. That's it. The wisest man could have wrote a sophisticated paragraph or book explaining how your life should be, right? He would have known fancy words. He would have known calligraphy. He can make it look really stunning and beautiful and fancy and put gold trim on it and say, here, buy this book. This book is going to instruct you of how to live. He could have done that, right? 
He had the money. He had the smarts. He had everything that he could have done that. But instead, he writes in the book of Proverbs, he says, at the end of the day, at the end of everything that you're concerned about, everything you're going through, at the end of the matter, all that matters is that we fear God and obey Him. That's it. I told my kids this on Saturday. We're reading through the book of Proverbs together. And it spurs a lot of cool conversations. We haven't got to Proverbs 7 and 8 yet, or 6, 7, and 8. That'll be fun. <laughs> Read it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But Saturday morning, my son, we got talking in this conversation about o- obeying God and being wise with decisions and all that stuff. And we got to this, this talk about how, how listen, even, even when you sin against God, even when you fail the Lord, like we all have, you make a mistake. You say something stupid. You regret where you went. You regret what you did. You, why did I say that? What, you, right? We've all been there before, and we're going to be there again. Just saying. But listen, here's the awesome thing. Even when you find yourself at that place, when you failed against the Lord, you can still be obedient by confessing that sin to God. Lord, I sinned against you. I know I'm in the mud now. I know I should not be where I am right now. But Father, I want to obey you. So here it is. Lord, I've sinned. I've failed you. I've grieved you, Holy Spirit. I've hurt my wife. I've hurt my husband. I shouldn't have gossiped. I shouldn't have done that. Lord, I knew that was wrong, but I did it. Lord, I'm still going to obey you by confessing my sins to you, Lord. And coming back to you. You see? There's always hope with Jesus. That would have been an awesome place for you to be like, yeah! There's always hope with Jesus. You will never be too far gone to be hopeless, friends. There's always hope with Jesus. You could forsake Him in your life for a year and say, I don't want nothing to do with you, Lord. And by His mercy, if you're still alive at the end of that year, you can come back and say, Jesus, here I am. I failed. I've doubted. I've strayed from you. My heart has been, has been taken by this world, and it's been turned away from you, God. But here I am. And what's He going to say? He'll say, welcome. He'll say, I love you, my son, my daughter. Welcome home, and he'll embrace you. And like the father in the story, a party will be thrown for you. Amen? So this morning, if you're here, let's just all stand. Listen, we, we all know that life gets really hard. With all the responsibilities that you have, And then you add up all the lies of the world. So you have family. You have a wife that you want to be faithful to. You have a wife that you want to spend time with. You have a wife that you want to love like Christ loves the church. You want to do well at that. You have a husband that you want to love. You want to submit to his headship over you according to the Bible. You want to be a godly woman. You want to be a godly husband, godly wife. You want to be a good dad. You want to... Teach your kids what's right. You have that responsibility. I want to teach them in the ways of God. And sometimes you feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. Am I, am I, am I really being the best spiritual leader in my family that I can be? Am I, am I the only one who gets all these thoughts in my head? 
And then you go to work, and maybe it's a dead-end job. You're like, why do I have to work here? And you know you have to because you have bills to pay. You have, you have rent to pay. You have a mortgage to pay. You have to put gas in the car and food on your table. And all these responsibilities, they add up one after the other. Am I right? And, and, and you find there's some days where it's not, it's not that hard. It's actually, you, you cruise through that day. But then you have days where it's just, it's horrible. You're feeling guilty for decisions you made. You feel responsible for, for, for the way things are. You, you, you have financial burden. You have, and then on top of all of that human responsibility, then Satan comes in and throws out of nowhere. He'll throw a temptation at you. Go there. Say that. Do this. And so you have all the responsibilities of being a human being and trying to, trying to be a human being God's way. And then you have the temptation of this world. And then you have the lies of the news media, lies of movies, filth that you have to, you know, you have to get filters on internet. You have to get filters on cable. All these different things. You have to make decisions. Should we even have TV? All these different decisions. Am I right? And sometimes it can seem like a whirlwind of chaos. God, it's like, here I am, a man. Here I am, a woman. And all I want to do is live my life your way. But Lord, look at, look at the chaos. And he will say, I understand. I understand. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus is touched by the feelings of our weaknesses. He knows every struggle you go through. He knows every thought you're thinking right now. And he has nothing but love for you still. Nothing. Others might turn against you and no longer love you. Jesus never will. And so there's always hope with Jesus. And so, in my life, there's been times where I've heard the word spoken, and there's been times where I've been deeply convicted in my spirit because of things in my life that I knew were not God's plan. And that conviction is a good thing. You know why? That's the Holy Spirit saying, You're my son, you're my daughter, you're mine. And these things that are trying to turn your heart from me, that's not my will. Choose life, choose me. That's, the Holy, that's what the conviction of the Holy Spirit is. If you're feeling condemnation, that is Satan trying to push you down right now. And he's going to tell you there's no hope for you. It's too far gone for you. You failed too many times. You're a joke. You're a failure. That's all the voice of Satan. That is not the voice of God. And so, we want, we want to pray this morning. If you're here... Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.